1: If your conversations always start with the weather, welcome to the Midwest Farm Report.
0: Yeah, and let's start off with the weather on a finally Friday morning. Good morning, everyone. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee, happy to usher you into the weekend. A little light snow that we picked up overnight across a lot of the state of Wisconsin. Today, the good news, we should see a little bit of sun. Probably not until this afternoon, but that is the good news, sunshine. Not real warm today, 30 are expected high. Tomorrow, partly sunny in 37. Sunday, more clouds than sun, but we'll bounce up to 41. And Monday, Martin Luther King holiday, it looks like cloudy skies on the way. 80% chance of rain on Monday and 44 degrees. We are going to be talking weather with Stumacher Ag Meteorologist in just a little bit. This week, the Wisconsin Agribusiness Classic was in Madison, bringing agronomists from across the state together to talk about technology that's coming up in 2023. And drone technology has seen some big changes. Carrie Mess has a story about that. And we're also talking this morning about the Wisconsin Fair Association. That annual conference wrapped up on Wednesday evening with the Fairs of the Fair Jamie Butkey, executive director of the Wisconsin Fair Association, chats with Charity Seabekker about the big event. So, A lot of things to get to this morning.
2: White mold and sudden death syndrome are two of the most important fungal diseases in soybean production today. But did you know 40 to 50 million acres in the north central region are affected annually? When every season has different disease challenges, the question becomes, how can you ensure the best start for your soybeans no matter what? The answer is heads up. Trusted by growers across the Midwest, Heads Up offers a new mode of action to prime your beans to help fight fungal disease. Compatible and cost effective. For more information, visit headsupst.com.
3: Snowstorms, high winds, sub-zero temperatures to kick off the winter were really the first real test for your electrical grid. Are you confident that it'll make it for the next four months or so of winter? I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Now that you've got your tank heaters, shop heaters, and other additional loads added to your power grid, be aware of how things are working. You may need an upgrade to keep your operation running or to prevent a fire. This is all advice from Jeff Malkook with A1 Electric in Monroe.
4: Wintertime is actually when it kind of kicks in because they seem to notice they've got problems. Anytime you've got concerns about your electrical system, or you're going to be adding a, a load to your system, you should, by all means, have it looked at. One new light isn't going to make a noticeable difference, but you start adding block heaters for your tractors or ventilation additions, that can cause a, some sizable issues on your on your system.
3: During the winter months is often when barn fires happen, and oftentimes it is because of an electrical issue. It, it, is that what you've noticed in your experience?
4: In the winter, you start using portable heaters, electric heating devices that probably haven't been looked at in years. Rodents, mice, raccoons can cause havoc to both electric and gas heating systems, both in barns and machine sheds and shops. One thing to look for is a spare wire. You can tell a lot just by looking at your system. If you see wire chewed up or it looks really old and decrepit, it may look okay, let's call it, but it can air easily or cause a spark and the same goes for the electrical systems in the building i mean it bears being looked at absolutely but 99 percent of the contractors will give you a free estimate if you call and say you know what we're we're looking at doing this or we really want this looked at i know our company will come out and, and give you a free estimate a, a quick once over and tell you what what's good what's not good what maybe should be addressed and we're trying to help customers get away from hooking it up themselves because 99% of the time it works, but it isn't properly protected or done to code.
3: As farm broadcasters, we get to talk to every every farmer in Wisconsin, whether they they've got a brand new operation or they've been on their family farm for 150 years and buildings haven't changed too much since the farm started. Does the age of the building matter when it comes to the power grid? Who needs to really be paying attention to how much power their, their farm can handle?
4: The age of the building isn't that important. The age and conditioning of the wiring is where the, where the main concern lies. Uh, if you've got old cloth wiring, that's a giveaway. The age of the system will impact the performance and safety. If your wiring is cloth covered and not call it plastic covered chances are there's no grounding conductor the same applies to the older plastic previous 1975 76 a lot of that wiring didn't have any grounding conductors also which means if your heater shorts out or your piece of equipment shorts out you don't have a fault path back to trip the breaker or blow the fuse and that can cause overheating. We're right back to your, your fire issue that we've addressed previously.
3: If your farm is doing an expansion, maybe you're you're adding automation. Maybe you're adding uh, on to the barn. I mean, that could also stress out the power grid. Can you walk me through kind of the, the planning process for that? When should you get your electrician involved?
4: Normally, what we, what we love to see but rarely happens is the day they decide they're going to, let's say, add on to their barn they call their general contractor, their carpenter, and they call us. And we both go, and maybe not at the same time, maybe the carpenter draws up a set of plans, and then they call us and go, okay, here's what we're talking about doing. What do you recommend? And then we can go, either your system is great, or you know what, this isn't going to work. We need to address some issues on the available electrical system end of it. Because nine times out of 10, adding on to the building or adding the, whether it's a new grain bin, a new freestall barn, a new farrowing, farrowing building, that's the easy part. The hard part is getting the mechanicals to it, the plumbing, the electrical, that's where the problems lie. The earlier they bring us in, the less expensive it's going to be.
3: I wanna talk about more signs that your power grid needs updated. You kind of talked about the appearance, but are there other signs that you need an update? What comes to mind for me is like flickering lights, but I'm sure there's more.
4: You're spot on with the big one. Flickering lights, dimming lights. That is the easiest way to tell there might be an issue. Now, the issue can easily be something as simple as bad connection out at the utility, a bad connection right at your point of service. A bad connection anywhere will cause your flickering lights if your lights dim. In the old days, when you flipped on your uh, your vacuum pump in the barn, you could dim the lights in the barn. For the most part, that's okay. That's a large motor inrush load. But if you're not running vacuum pumps anymore and your lights are still dimming, let's say if you turn the, the dryer in the barn on or if you've got a, a clothes dryer in the barn or you start your milk wash system at night and that dims your lights, that right there is sign number one that, hey, we might have an issue. Also, if your outlets don't have three prongs, if they don't have that, that ground prong on the bottom of them, which is the, the semi-round one, that's another easy homeowner or owner sign that, okay, maybe I should have something looked at, both from a safety endpoint or safety standard and just a preventative maintenance standard.
3: You know, we've been talking a lot about the outbuildings and the farm buildings, but if we look at the old farmhouse, I mean, that may need some attention too. Are the problems the same as with the barn or are there other things you could be looking for in the house that may be a sign you need to upgrade?
4: Houses, knob and tube wire, the old, the old two separate wires running across your attic on what looked like electric fence insulators. If you've got that or that is visible in your basement, it might be time for an upgrade. A lot of insurance companies are really pushing that right now. They've also spent in the past roughly 10 years really pushing. If you have fuses, they want you to put in circuit breaker boxes at home and throughout your facility other things you can look for in houses are outlets falling out of the wall we see a lot of that in the older houses because of the old horsehair plaster and how the boxes were installed if you're still have push button light switches a lot of older farmhouses pre-1970 had the old push button light switches that instantly tells us as electricians that you are 99 percent sure you have knob and tube wiring throughout the house now, do you have to address everything all at once? Absolutely not. But there are at least places to start to look. Also, if the if the wiring on the outside of the house that if your house is fed overhead, if that's starting to look you can see bare wires or it's starting to fall off the side of the house, it's easier to fix that in the spring than it is a day like today when it's you know, eleven below and the wind's howling. A lot like I say, a lot of this is just preventative maintenance also.
3: Do you still have to deal with any kind of supply chain issues, Jeff, that may you know, push a project date back? Or have you found that things have cleared up when it comes to getting supplies or equipment or anything like that?
4: The supply chain issue is our biggest headache right now. Labor is a close second, but if your project is a house rewire or uh, wiring a shed, wiring a shop, things like that, it's not an issue at all. Supply chain, we've overcome some hurdles and some things have gotten better. But if you're looking at a large expansion or a conversion to three phase things like that, our supply chain issues are, they're not as bad as they were, but we are waiting right now. We're waiting months for electrical panels if, if they're on a larger scale four to six months minimum.
3: So what are the biggest questions that you get, Jeff, this time of year from your, you know, agriculture customers, whether it's an operating farm or or the old farmhouse?
4: Our grain farmers are starting to pre-plan for next year for any expansions and or replacement of equipment, more so this year than in previous years, just because of the supply chain issues. Dairy customers are Starting to look at expansions based off more lumber prices than electrical prices, but we are starting to have uh, farm expansions trickle in uh, right now. The big thing is robot milkers. Robot milkers are extremely popular. We're getting calls on those on a fairly regular basis now. Used to be we'd get calls to put in new vacuum pumps or aid in the pipeline installation. Now it's we're switching to a parlor or we're switching to robots. Those are the calls that are coming in right now.
3: Jeff, anything else that that you wanted to touch on that I'm not asking you?
4: Like I say, don't be afraid to call your your electrician. Don't feel that you're wasting his time, no matter who it is. They'll gladly come out. They'll, They'll gladly look stuff over. They'll gladly put it in terms you'll understand. Nine times out of 10, it won't cost you a dime to have an electrician come out. Don't be afraid to get a quote to find out roughly what it's going to cost. I mean, you need to know what these larger projects are going to be before you start them so it avoids any surprises down the road at the tail end of the projects. And third would be, don't be afraid to have your electrician meet with all the rest of your contractors. I think that this time of year, everybody should just really be be aware of your cattle waters, be aware of your cattle. You're not looking for the normal telltale signs this time of year. You're looking for, are they drinking? Are they, do they look healthy? Are their ears warm? Just silly stuff like that, that can be influenced by your electrical system this time of year when things are very, very cold and haven't been used in a year. This is the first real workout the systems are going to have for this for this year.
3: So if you are thinking about an expansion or want to schedule an electrical project this spring, it's best to pick up the phone now for a consultation and to get things rolling before problems arise. That's the advice from Jeff Malkook. He's the construction manager with A1 Electric in Monroe. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Hoff.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
5: When it comes to custom wedding rings, get to know your Denny's Jeweler.
3: Denny's Jewelers does offer affordable custom wedding bands, whether it be gold, silver, diamonds, gemstones, platinum. You bring your wedding band idea and we'll point you in the right direction. We'll show you all the options. I am Sarah Denny Alexander. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I I didn't think I'd survive, but I did ask for help and Covenant House was there for me.
4: One in ten young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there.
6: Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed.
4: Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future.
6: They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today.
4: If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to
1: safeplacetosleep.org today.
7: The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They take forever to return your call. When they do show up, they leave your house a mess, and then they throw in weird surprises.
8: Swipe left.
7: Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who does return your calls, leaves your property clean, and never any awkward surprises.
8: Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a complimentary estimate. ActuateLLC.com. Design. Create. Actuate.
1: If you combine pajamas and rubber boots to check on the barn, we welcome you. This is the Midwest Farm Report.
0: On a Friday morning, a little bit of snow out there, nothing too terrible, and it doesn't look like we're going to see a lot of snow, at least not for the very near future. Let's talk about it on a Friday the 13th. Time for your Comp Financial Ag weather updates to muck along with us. You know, I was mentioning to you, we visited with a, a dairy broker yesterday that was talking about all the rain that California has been getting and will be getting. And your heart's got to go out for any of the farmers that are out there trying to take care of livestock. All Think about all the vegetables and produce and things like that that are out in California. I mean, the kind of rain they're talking about, nothing good can come of it.
5: No, no, it's not a it's not a you know, a couple of day rain event where we get a lot of mud and then it dries up. They've had it day after day after day after day. That just provides all its own kind of struggles and oh, feed bunks that are full of water and or mud or fences that are washed over. Uh, just a nightmare. Yeah. We fortunately don't have that. It's a pretty quiet day in store here in Wisconsin. In fact, for Friday the 13th, a little light snow lingers in eastern Wisconsin up toward Green Bay and down toward the lakeshore, just not amounting to much of anything. High pressure is in fact building in from the west, and it's that high that I expect will begin to clear our skies a bit today. We all have some clouds to start, but through the daytime, a little more sunshine will try to break on through. Not that it's going to make a huge difference. Temperatures just about at our normal level. The normal high today is 27 degrees. I expect a lot of upper 20s, 28, 29. Right there, almost normal, pretty quiet. High pressure really builds in, clearing it out overnight and meaning sunshine, a very fine Saturday. But already Saturday, that high starts to edge a bit further east and will mean that winds become more southwesterly and just that much mild air begins to edge in. So we warm it up for Saturday and Sunday. The clouds return. We've talked about it. Low pressure approaches for early next week, and if not late Sunday night, certainly into Monday, I expect some showers. Right now, I'd say maybe up to a quarter inch of rain to get the new week underway. I'll have
8: forecast details right after this. Is your crop insurance strategy to just do what you did last year? At Compier Financial, we know how challenging it can be to navigate insurance planning. So we work hard to understand your goals and needs. Let us leverage our exclusive tools and vast experience to develop a strategy that protects your operation. Partner with us today. Give us a call at 844 426 6733 or visit compier.com slash Crop Insurance. Compure does not provide legal or licensed financial planning services. Compure Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.
9: There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to Our Equipment. Check out the affordable, efficient, versatile tractor line at R Equipment and ask for Mr. Versatile. Chunk Gill and from the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, promoting Wisconsin's world class dairy products since 1983. Look for their Proudly Wisconsin badge on dairy products. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net on Facebook and Twitter.
0: Alrighty, Stu, let's have some details on not just today, but get us right through Martin Luther King Monday, maybe.
5: Oh, absolutely. We start out with cloudy skies today on our Compere Financial Ag Weather Update. There may even be some snowflakes over in far eastern Wisconsin, but I expect that skies begin to clear today. And we all push up into the upper 20s. 29, probably the warmest we'll see, with the north winds at 5 to 15. We stay clear overnight, drop back in the mid-teens. Northwest winds become a bit variable. West or even southwest overnight, only about 5.0. Mostly sunny Saturday, a nice warm up, probably 36 for a warm spot, a little warmer in the south. The southwest winds will be at 5 to 10, partly sunny Sunday end up in the mid 40s with the south winds at 5 to 15 gusting to 30 that rain chance developing sunday night pam some showers with clouds probably lower 40s with some rain on monday martin luther king monday and i'd expect temperatures staying at least close to 40 as we head toward tuesday so Mm. no major cool down wrapping in in a big hurry either
0: so we're talking about california rain that rain on monday for us not nearly that measurable i hope
5: No, 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 no. A couple of tenths of an inch, maybe a quarter here and there. Shouldn't be much more than that.
0: You know, though, people are going to start grossing pretty soon. The winter wheat or cover crops or alfalfa could use a little snow cover instead of that water standing on top of it.
5: Yeah, we absolutely do need the snow cover. No two doubts about that. But unfortunately, uh, even through the end of next week, I expect still to be a little too warm to talk about snow that's going to build up.
0: Huh, huh. All right. Well, like I said, I can handle it right now because I still got a feeling that shoe's going to drop.
5: Oh, we've got February, March. Hold on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, man. Have a good weekend. We'll catch up with you on Monday.
5: You bet. See you then.
0: Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, with your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Compure Financial is your financial partner committed to agriculture in rural America. Visit compure.com.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
9: Join Farm Director Pam Yankee on Saturday, January 14th for the inaugural Farm On Open House at Carl F. Stotts & Sons on Highway 19 in Wanakee. Farm On is your opportunity to learn more about how agribility of Wisconsin and the Wisconsin Farm Center keep farmers who experience physical and mental setbacks farming on. The event runs from 10 a.m. to noon and is open to all farmers, farm families, and farm workers. For more information on the event, visit Carl F. Stotts & Sons on Facebook and see the Farm On event.
5: That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop? That's your brakes crying for help. At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate.
2: We want you to be able to
9: trust your brakes.
1: Tom's Auto Center. We're the getter fix, getter done to get you going, guys.
9: Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck, thanks to Farm First Dairy Cooperative, serving dairy farmers across the Midwest since 2013. Farm First Dairy Cooperative, member-focused, member-driven, member-led, and from Equity Livestock Cooperative, marketing your livestock, financing your operation, and supporting the livestock community since 1922. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net, on Facebook and Twitter.
10: You know when you've really made it? When you finally have your own place and you can decorate it the way you want. Your Aunt Betty used to sleep on that old couch. It's time to turn drab into fab with Lazy Luxury from Lazy Boy Furnishings and Decor. That chair, it belonged to the dog. Time to start styling.
11: Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison. East Springs Drive near East Town Mall.
10: Experienced electricians come join our team. Here's Dan, a commercial journeyman for EverReady Electric.
8: Family company, they take care of people, they take care of their workers. There's a lot of benefits to working for EverReady, including the fact that when you work on your education, they do reimburse you for that time. They're very good about sick time and very good about family.
10: Competitive wages, great atmosphere, great benefits. Apply at EverReadyElectric.net. For all your electrical needs, we are EverReady.
5: You're no stranger to hard work and eating right, but your abs are more like flaps. Carbon World Health offers Sculpt, an FDA-approved treatment for men who want to transform their physique. One session is equivalent to 20,000 crunches without the painful recovery. Melt fat, build and tone muscle, then start getting the results you're looking for. Emsculpt at Carbon
3: World Health. Learn more at carbonworldhealth.com. Chris Collini with a dirty little
8: secret. Growing up, we were encouraged to track mud in the house. After all, dirt has been our family business for generations. Today, we rely on more than our boots to transport our nutrient-rich soils. We have bigger trucks and better equipment if you need it delivered. Or you can simply pick it up at our awesome dirt-filled processing
3: plant. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Collini Topsoil. Now that's good dirt.
5: we all get hit by the storms of
1: life. I had noticed my legs were swelling, and we went to Maine Medical Hospital and they said, Mr. Conquest, can you get up for your MRI? And I remember pushing up off the bed and I fell. Next thing I know, it was three weeks later and I was paralyzed. It was a pretty low point to not be able to do the things that I love to do. PBA was there the first day.
5: Thanks to PVA, paralyzed veterans are getting specialized medical care and treatments. The benefits they've earned, the jobs they want, and the accessible vehicles and homes they need.
1: PVA has brought me back to life. I've fallen a few times and PVA is like, get up. We just keep getting up.
5: To learn more, go to PVA.org today.
2: It, it's the perfect time to move on from them. Really, to me, the perfect time would have been after the 2020 NFC Championship game <laughs> lost to Tampa Bay. But 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 they but they punted then. They they surrendered far too much power and uh you know inside that organization to Aaron, which is why they've got so much going on over there. That's that completely reeks of dysfunction, Evo. And, and, and in it, it, it's just it's just time to get back. It's just time to get back. You know, to the hierarchical design that i think most football teams are are set up gm coach player boom and you go on
8: robbie so rob way way back at the beginning of this you said that you think that there were some people in the organization that would like to have a change at quarterback now do you kind of a multi-layered question here one, do you think there's some infighting between maybe the general manager, head coach, and, and what's going on with who's the next quarterback or who should be the quarterback? And then my other question would be, we've heard Brian Gutekunst say he they know what they have in Jordan Love. But also at the same time, we know that they continue to become Robbie. more and more in cap hell as they continue to go through this path year after year as kicking contracts down But uh, down the road. Why, why did they sign Aaron Rodgers to this extension to this type of money? And let's not forget they actually cut off a year of his original contract and gave him all this power if he's not their guy because it makes no sense you just handed all this leverage to a guy that wasn't that wasn't your guy that wasn't Jordan Love and you gave him all this money to continue to completely hamstring you salary cap wise and put you down this deep dark road of mm-hmm. being in debt to the salary cap why would they have done that or is there really truly in infighting where maybe the GM wants Rodgers, but the coach wants love, but why did the GN trade up to grab love? I'm, I'm so, I don't know what the hell's going on. We're
2: in a glass case of emotion, Rob. We're confused. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's a great question, Nelly. And there's a lot about this entire song and dance that doesn't make a whole lot of sense at this point in time. I mean, you, you, you hit on a bunch of key topics there. I'll, I'll, I'll try to address them be- the best the best that I can. I mean, I, I do think first and foremost the head coach has been neutered by by this particular player and by by this particular quarterback, and and part of that is his own doing. You know, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of questions, and, and and they're rightfully so, and they're fair questions. If Matt Lafleur is the guy to quote unquote lead this group uh, moving forward, there there were times when when Aaron questioned Matt Lafleur through the course of this season where where I really thought. You know, if, if Matt LaFleur wanted to, to, to take control of this football team and to take control of the organization, he had the perfect opportunity to stand at a podium or, or, or say things at various points in time where, where he just simply said, I'm the head coach and Aaron's the player. It's that simple. And, and he didn't do it. You know, Aaron, Aaron questioned things midway through the season when he said, you know, the offense needed to be dumbed down and, and made in, you know, and, and simplified. Aaron questioned the play calling the other night, guys, on that final drive where Rogers himself was terrified to take a hit and he threw a hail Mary pass. you know, that that was picked off and could very well be his last pass as a Packer. And he questioned the play call on that series. Well, you know, LaFleur was asked about that Monday and, and, and to me the perfect answer, the answer that Andy Reid would have given that Mike Tomlin would have given that God knows Mike Holmgren would have given if Brett Favre was the quarterback would have been, you know, Aaron needs to shut his pie hole <laughs> because I'm the coach. And, and that was the play that was set in. And that's what he was told to run. But instead, Matt Lafleur gives a vanilla, nothing answer where wow, he says, "Well, you know, actually, a cowardly, terrified answer, guys." Where he says, <laughs> "Well, if that's what if that's what Aaron believes, then that's what we should have done." You know, so you 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 have just such a complete imbalance right now. And is Matt yeah, Lafleur Aaron, Aaron
11: Rodgers' puppet? Uh,
2: I, I think in many ways, it's being revealed that that answer is yes, Ebo. And 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 I, and I think for Matt Lafleur to fully spread his wings in Green Bay to have the offense that he wants. Um, to have a to have a quarterback, you know, operate and and run the plays that Matt Lafleur desires and calls, they will eventually here have to part ways and change. A divorce has to come, or eventually Rodgers is going to win out in this power struggle. In in many ways, much like much like he did in the in the Mike McCarthy power struggle, guys, uh, you know, four or five years ago, four years ago. So, um, you know. So much of what they ran early in the Lafleur era here, guys, in 19 and 20, they went away from that in a lot of respects this year. And I don't know why Aaron wanted to do that because, you know, he's coming off terrific years in 20 and 21. If you combine
1: pajamas and rubber boots to check on the barn, we welcome you. This is the Midwest Farm Report.
0: Yeah, you're going to need boots this morning. A little bit of snow that came overnight. Shouldn't really see much of that again today. Partly sunny skies on the way. 30 are expected high on Friday. Tomorrow, some sunshine and 37. Sunday, more clouds than sun and 41. Martin Luther King Monday, 80% chance of rain, 44 degrees. I'm Pam Yankee. We've got a wrap up on the 2023 Wisconsin Fair Association's annual convention that concluded Wednesday night up in Wisconsin. Dell's charity, Seabacker, visiting with Jamie Butkey, the executive secretary of that group, coming up on this Friday. So today is the 13th day. Ooh, Friday the 13th. On this day back in 1922, WHA Radio was founded. Uh, It's on the UW-Madison campus. It was uh, initially started as 9XM. As an experimental station, but the station itself actually dates back to 1970, making it the oldest radio station in the nation. WHA, founded on this day, 1922. On this day, in 2000, Bill Gates stepped down as CEO of Microsoft. Johnny Cash played Folsom State Prison on this day in 1968. And some happy birthdays for you this morning. Actor Patrick Dempsey, 57. Julia Louise Dreyfus, who played uh, Elaine on Seinfeld, she's 62. Orlando Bloom is 46. Liam Hemsworth is 33. Happy birthday, and now you know. Well, we've been following a lot of conference activity all week long, not the least of which was the Wisconsin Agribusiness Classic that wrapped up yesterday at the Alliant Energy Center here in Madison. Agronomists from across the state coming together to take a look and review new technologies coming to farm fields near you in 2023. And some of that new technology could include drones. Drones are not for kids anymore. They're actually for very productive farms. Carrie Mess has more.
10: It's not a bird, a plane, or Superman flying over farm fields, but it might be a drone looking for weeds or spraying fungicide. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess. Ben D. Johnson, territory sales manager at Rantizo, says that drones have come a long way in a short time. While just a few years ago, they were more toy than tool. They are now bigger. Smarter and more capable. So Ben, tell me how are farmers using drone technology today?
11: I think we first saw the big splash of drones about ten years ago. There was a lot of uh, hobby shop drones that came out, and people were attaching GoPro cameras to them, and we were taking pictures with them. And then it kind of matured a little bit. We were starting to take videos, and we got those really awesome videos of like the combine going through the field and all that good stuff. And we had all these big hopes and dreams for drones. And then it kind of mellowed out to kind of being a uh, a tool in the toolbox, not a not a cure-all, but a tool in the toolbox for imagery. Now drones have, uh, drone technology has got uh, more advanced where we can uh, increase the size of that drone. And so then a uh, natural thing is, is to put a sprayer tank on there or a, a dry box. And so we can start to make applications there. And it's a it's a really great tool in order to do some more precision type applications. So uh, like, especially up in, in Wisconsin, there's a lot of uh, small fields that are you know shaped like a question mark. And when you get into something like fungicide season, a lot of aerial applicators will take a look at that and they'll be like, well, I think I'm just going to stick around here in Iowa and Illinois with the big square fields where I can make a lot of money. <laughs> and, you know, and, and that's great. Um, but there's there's a lot of acres that maybe don't get an opportunity to get necessary applications like like fungicide or or even get some some cover crops applied on there in a timely fashion. The drone is a really great tool to be able to, to utilize that um, and get those applications that really weren't possible otherwise. So it's really opening up a lot of doors.
10: With computer learning, drones are now able to be used to seek out pests. In a field or spot treat areas of a field.
11: Yeah, absolutely. So there's there's all kinds of technology that we see. I mean, we see and spray technology from John Deere. That's very interesting. As far as where it's at with drone technology right now, I think we can make precision maps from from other technologies. And and if we have a shape file, we can put that in the drone. And well, let's just say, for example, we could put fungicide on a really good performing area of the field, and you know maybe not put it on the poor performing part of the field. So we can really get the most bang out of our buck from these applications. And so that can really make a difference if you're trying to make a decision, well, do I spray or not spray? Well, if you can spray just the good part of the field and not the poor part of the field or vice versa, depending on the product, that can really open up, again, more doors on on getting the right product in the right field and improving the ROI of the whole farm and field.
10: How many acres are being treated via drone versus traditional spraying methods today?
11: Yes. So it's still an emerging uh, technology and it's right now where we're at is uh, being able to address smaller acres with with drones so it's it's still just going to be a smaller percentage than traditional means whether it be ground rigs or airplanes or helicopters so it's it's growing but drones are also you know, as new technology comes out, they're becoming larger and larger. and So that's going to open up more and more opportunities and, and larger acre opportunities. Now, drones aren't going to just take over the world and replace ground rigs and, you know, put airplanes out of business like everyone might might uh, be led to believe, but it's going to be another tool in the toolbox. And so it's kind of like if you think about a landscaper. Landscaper probably has a zero turn mower, but then they also have a push mower and a weed eater because you need some more of those precision areas that that zero turn can't get in. So again, another another tool in the toolbox.
10: Ben, tell me, what is on the horizon for drone technology?
11: I think if we look into the next three to five years, that's probably an appropriate time frame to look at. I think we're going to see drones getting larger. I think instead of just the carbon fiber drones that we see on the market, we'll see them made out of metal with some welds on it. We'll probably see changes in propulsion technology, probably something a little bit more robust than the the lithium batteries that we see today. So I think those are going to be where the major advancements come.
10: So the big question on a lot of farmers minds is when we're looking at these big drones that can actually go out and treat a field, what's the price point?
11: Yeah, so the price point, so the actual drone itself is uh, roughly, you know, between thirty and 35000 is is where you can start from there. And then to get uh, some of the other add-on features, it can get you about about 50000 Even in just a modest fungicide spray season, which is the bread and butter for this, you can very easily pay for the equipment.
10: That was Ben D. Johnson from Rantizo. As he says, drone Are quickly becoming another tool in the toolbox for farmers. I personally am looking forward to the day that they can deliver lunch to the tractor and then go spray weeds. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess. Rural Mutual
1: Insurance, the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, is here for you even when the weather isn't. With crop hail damage, protect your operation from hail, fire, lightning, and more. Visit ruralmutual.com farm. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong.
9: There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck, thanks to Cleary Building Corp. They protect what you value. Visit ClearyBuilding.com to see the Cleary difference. And Wisconsin Farm Bureau, the state's largest general agriculture organization for over 100 years. Join now at WFBF.com. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net, on Facebook and Twitter
0: righty, we've been so busy with uh, conventions and conferences this week. I forgot about a couple other key business items you need to know about. Governor Tony Evers has selected a former dairy farmer from Western Wisconsin to serve on the Wisconsin Natural Resources Board. His name, Paul Burr from Viroqua. He is taking over effective January 20th, filling a vacancy created by Bill Bruin's resignation. He is a graduate of UW-Platteville with an animal science degree. He previously owned and operated Raber Holsteins, which was an elite breeding herd of registered Holsteins. For 37 years, the herd received the prestigious Holstein USA Progressive Breeders Award. Again, Paul Burr from Verropa, now appointed to the Wisconsin Natural Resources Board. And speaking of Holsteins, our Junior Holstein Convention was up in Manitowoc uh, last weekend. Lots of volunteers and about 400 young people that were all dedicated to competitive events. Congratulations to Matthew Gunst from Dodge County, and Lauren Seemers from Manitowoc County and Calumet County, kind of online there. They got the prestigious honor of being named Outstanding Holstein Boy and Outstanding Holstein Girl. Congratulations to those two. And because I know Grandpa and Grandma may be listening, uh, headed to the National Convention, Vivian Lichty from Dodge County in the uh, prepared speaking category. So congratulations to all those folks. Sorry it took us this long to get to all the details details in the marketplace. Uh, yesterday we got a little bit more of our production reports from USDA. The uh, market seems to be questioning where corn acres disappeared. They're still working through that. This morning in Chicago our December corn contract currently trading up 2 cents at 598. November beans up a penny at 1397. July wheat right now is up 4 758 a bushel. Little downturn on dairy product prices yesterday. Barrel cheese dropped 7.5 to 172.5. 40-pound block cheese down 9.5. quarters. while well, AA butter was unchanged. February milk this morning is actually up to at 1880 100 weight.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
2: Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to access the bankers you know bankers who listen to your goals, then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com.
10: Settlers
0: Bank, timely decisions, people you know.
2: Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender.
3: Because
0: of you,
7: someone gets to stay home in familiar surroundings. Because of you, there will always be a friendly smile. Because you are the Bright Star in someone's life. Bright Star Home Care is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes working one-on-one with clients in their homes means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the Bright Star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com.
5: Is fatigue and lack of libido keeping you on the injured reserve list? It could be symptoms of low testosterone. After the age of 30, men begin to notice this reduction in quality of life due to natural hormonal decline. But there is something you can do about it. Carbon World Health offers custom-designed hormone replacement treatment. They'll determine if you need testosterone replacement or growth hormone therapy. Don't let low-T keep you on the bench. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com.
1: Bringing home the bacon, literally, this is the Midwest Farm Report.
6: The Wisconsin Association Affairs Convention took place January 8th through the 11th with about 1,000 people in attendance. The theme this year was keeping it rural. I'm Charity Sewecker with the Midwest Farm Report. Jamie Bucky, executive director and treasurer of the Wisconsin Association of Fairs, says that this theme is in line with their missions and provides an update on how this convention went. Well, I think it started when our uh, committee that we have was like, we need to bridge the gap between the rural and the urban.
7: And one of the best things to do is well, keep it rural. Let's talk about rural is what made a county fair happen to be a fair. So we just thought it would be a fun take on bridging different groups of people together, but celebrating where our fair got its start from.
3: Our fair
6: still having issues getting exhibitors involved? The COVID pandemic affected that some, of course, and over the years with generational gaps between people being on a farm or not has also played an impact. How are numbers looking or things that you're seeing at these conventions that people are bringing to your attention? So we do district meetings a couple times
7: during the years, and we spent a lot of time this fall talking about what we're exhibit numbers after the fairs happened. So we did see that there was a decline in a lot of extension programming in 4-H in some areas of the state. In other areas, it thrived or held its own. So we are seeing that there's a slower recovery of kids coming back and exhibiting because they had that time off from COVID. So now it's like, okay, we're slowly getting back in all of our activities, right? So it's coming back. And yet we'd had some fairs where exhibit numbers were up. So maybe we were down in the number of exhibitors, but the exhibits themselves were coming back but I think it's gonna take a couple years to do it. On the flip side of that, when you would talk about auctions that took place, we had record numbers at fairs once again, coming off of the pandemic. So people were responding to those
6: auctions really well. So that aspect of a lot of the fairs did extremely well this year. What business items were discussed here at the convention? What key things or changes or concerns potentially from associate members were brought forward that we need to be preparing for and now moving forward? Well, one of the things we offered on Sunday was uh, consumer protection program, which was offered
7: through the IAFE. So it's called CPP. Um, we offer this program probably about every five years that our fair members can attend and they can learn all of the different safety things that go into place. It covers E. coli. It covers where you should have hand washing stations, how your garbage moves on your grounds, where the animals go on your grounds, how close do they get to food, and then the record keeping that goes behind it. So we were really honored to offer that through the International Association of Fairs and Expositions. It's a training process that um, is just so vital to our industry throughout the you know United States. So that's a big thing that we talked about. We, again, will always be looking from a legislative standpoint, um, looking for more funding. If there's one thing we learned from the pandemic is fairs tried to host a fair if they could, but only use the ingredient of the exhibitor. And what they all found was that that was a pretty expensive thing to have because you still have to pay for waste removal. You still have to put straw in the barns. You still have to pay the lights and pay the exhibitors. But you needed the other ingredients when it came to the carnival and the food sale and all of those things so that you could pay for all those bills. So I think from that, you know, we're still learning in that aspect. But from a legislative standpoint, we can always use more funding. I and mean, that's something we spent a lot of time on this last year. We updated ATCP-160. That's one thing. And then, you know, we'll see what other legislative items we do. But, yeah, looking for additional funding is something we try to do because years ago we used to receive over $600,000. Well, we're in that four thirty-five dollars range, um, but really that's just a small portion of it. We need to have a lot more funding that goes with it. And if
6: that's an area we can improve, that'll be on our agenda for this year. How many attendees have attended this conference this year? And where is that kind of trending streamlined compared to past years? So our convention has gone anywhere from 800 to 1,100 people. Um, this year, we're probably going to
7: be right at 1,000 by the time that we're done. But it's a mixture of associate members, fair members, their spouses, the fairest, the fairest program or speakers. So what we do, it's about 1,000 people. We have different classes of memberships. We have WAFI memberships. We have associates associates. and we have fair members. We have 75 fair members, and this is the highest we have ever had of representation. We had 73 of our 75 fairs registered for our convention, and you're not required to be here. They have chosen to come because we're providing the right programming and and so forth for them to have, so um, I have to tell you that that's just the one thing I am so proud of this year. We have always sat in that 68-ish number of fairs. The other part is we have heard from those who have been first-timers, a really long time and they truly got engaged and they're like, well, can I volunteer on this committee? Can I do that? That's that next phase that we have to to have our fairs keep coming and keep
6: going. So that's a great trend for me and I'm super excited about it. Throughout the conference, there was a lot of different educational sessions. What are some of the key takeaways from those workshops that you have seen conversation being built around?
7: Well, it's funny. One of the things we did this year, we always have a networking session and we chose this year to have a networking session, not based on size, but based on how your fair is structured. We get to into your, your own private egg society, your county run, and then you kind of fit into a little bit, bit of both, whether you own your grounds or not. And we divided a networking session that way. It was interesting to see where the discussions went because some didn't realize that you could or couldn't do this as a county fair or you could still have your own 501c3, like a Friends of the Fair type of thing. They were networking with those running the same type of operations, and that was a different take that we did. And then I heard very positive responses from that. We have UW Extension here. Like I said, we had this CPP workshop. We talked about insurance. Not everybody's favorite topic, but in an environment where it's like you have your presenters who truly understand this is the coverage you need, this is how you fill out the forms, they break it down so that the volunteer who is not their primary job gets the abbreviated version of it but the, the version that says I can take this back to my fair board and this person who does that job can do it um, type of thing. So we've gotten really good
6: feedback. And then what are the next steps for the Wisconsin Association of Fairs moving forward now into 2023? And any key things that members should be aware of or the public in general? So we're actually, as the uh, the board, we're going to be taking on strategic planning,
7: something we haven't done in quite some time. I think COVID kind of also made people sit and say, oh, we need to re, like, how are we going to retain our memberships and, and those things? So for us, I'm excited that we're taking that role on. Where are we going to be in 5, 10, 15 years? And everyone needs to reevaluate that. And we haven't done that in a very long time. So that's an exciting venture for us because it's really going to dive into say, are we providing enough stuff for our members? Do we need to be providing more and get our affairs involved in that process to say are we doing everything we're supposed to do um so it'll be an interesting way to look at our organization and really say where are we going in the future the part that's exciting for us is 2023 is our 100th year of the Wisconsin Association Affairs yeah had we not had COVID this would have been our 100th anniversary for the convention so we're going to take this whole year to celebrate that WAF has been in existence that long and we're going to have a big party come um you know 2024 convention what was a convention like much less a fair but was it what was a convention like 100 years ago so it's interesting so we're going to take that excitement that we talked about celebrating the last century but how are we cultivating the next century that's coming forward
6: that was jamie